Hi, welcome back to Military Brats Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chloe. And I'm Juliana. Hello, and welcome to this Valentine's Day special where we explore the world of military love letters through time. From handwritten notes in wartime trenches to heartfelt messages sent across the oceans, journey with us as we uncover the enduring power of love in the face of adversity. I'm so excited for this episode. I know, me too. I feel like so much research went into it. I had no idea we could access all these love letters from, I guess, what, dating back to the Civil War? And I guess that's where we're going to start. I love that we've, like, kept track of all of these things. Because some people may think, like, oh, it's just a love letter. Like, we don't need to keep track of it. But here we are. We're the ones that need it. Thank you. So where are we going to start? I think we're starting at Battle at First Bull Run. Well, technically, a little bit before battle at first bull run started with major sullivan ballou on july 14th 1861 major sullivan ballou wrote this letter to his wife this letter was much longer but we just picked out the important parts and what resonated most with us so let's get on to the letter he says my very dear wife indications are very strong that we shall move in a few days perhaps tomorrow lest i should not be able to write you again i feel impelled to write a few lines that may fall under your eye when i shall be no more If it is necessary that I should fall on the battlefield for any country, I am ready. Sarah, my love, for you is deathless. It seems to bind me with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence can break, and yet my love of country comes over me like strong wind and bears bears me irresistibly on with all those chains to the battlefield. As for my little boys, they will grow up as I have done and never know a father's love and care. Love, Sullivan. That was so, like... Right? speechless roller coaster of emotions and that was only like i said that was just the gist of it it was not Mm -hmm. the full thing i think the original was what it was quite six paragraphs yeah right and yeah it it was was so poetic like it was so hard for us to pick out parts yeah no for sure the whole i don't know the whole thing is just so different from how we talk today that like reading it was just like wow like I can't believe right? they wrote and talked like this. I'm actually kind of speechless because I was reading it and I was tongue-tied and I was just like, I can't imagine a man ever writing to me like that. You could feel the passion and like, I don't know, it's definitely like, obviously it's a sad letter. Like he's writing to his wife saying like, this is probably the last the last words that you'll ever hear from me, yeah. I guess, read from me. The whole letter itself is just very beautiful, but it's also very very sad. If you are interested in reading the full letter, it can be found on battlefields.org and we will link it in the podcast description. So on to World War One, which was between 1917 and 1918. Who wrote this next letter? Private Albert Ford wrote this to his wife just before he was about to leave the trenches. He was kind of scrambling for a scrap piece of paper. So as I read this, I want you to really put yourself in his shoes. Imagine the emotion he's yeah. feeling, the noises, everything, the whole environment. But I do want to put out a disclaimer before I read this. We did pull out um, just a couple of excerpts from it. Things that resonated with us most, okay? Dearest, (laughs) if the chance should come your way for you are young and good looking and should a good man give you an offer, it would please me to think you would take it, not to grieve too much for me. I should not have left you thus bringing suffering and poverty on a loving wife and children for which in time I hope you will forgive me. So, dear heart, I will bid you all farewell, hoping to meet you in the time to come, if there is a hereafter. Know that my last thoughts were of you in the dugout or on the fire step. My thoughts went out to you, the only one I ever loved. 
the one that made a man of me. I like love this one too. This is so hard. I think maybe it's because the English is more modern and we can fully interpret this one because the last mm -hmm. one was a little bit harder for me to interpret exactly like what he was going for majority of the mm -hmm. time. It's very sad that he has to kind of like mentally prepare himself for his death but now he's also like writing this letter. Well it wasn't even a letter it was just like a scrap of piece of paper. Unfortunately Albert was killed in action on October 26th 1917. This last letter was treasured by Edith until her death and she never remarried, which is really sad. That's super sad. I know. And if I recall, I think she stated that even on her dying bed that she saw Albert in the corner of her bedroom. It's true love and it throws me back to his like one sentence where he's like, if there is a there is a hereafter, I will see you there. And she saw you at the very end. I'm gonna start tearing up. I, like actually that's yeah, like, I so know, sad. I know. Oh my god. So the letter details and photo were found on Sky News within an article titled Heartbreaking Letters from World War One Soldiers. If you wanna go and read the full article, there you go. I guess we're on to our next war, which was World War Two between nineteen forty one and nineteen forty five. Do you wanna go ahead and give us a little yeah, a little background on this one. I gotcha. Yeah, okay, please. This one's a little bit more lighthearted, which is good because the last two letters were a little bit more sad. So in this heartwarming snapshot from Valentine's Day 1944, Patricia Brim, a spirited 20-year-old, wrote a letter to her beloved husband, Raymond, who was serving in the Army Air Corps. Along with her letter, she included a playful photo in which she describes as a rather weird pose. And in this photo, you're not going to think it's weird, but maybe that was just the time frame. In instances like this, this helped Patricia find ways to bring lightness and joy to their conversations. So her message wrote, Darling, I hope you like this rather weird pose. This was the surprise I had for you, and I do hope you like it. I love to keep you well supplied with pictures so you won't ever get a chance to forget me. So this photo is for me. Lots of loves and millions of kisses. Pat. This one was so cute. Like, and it was Valentine's Day, and she looks so cute. If you're able to see the photo, mm -hmm. you're going to like it. She's a beautiful woman, so. Yeah, she was so beautiful, and I just love that she was like, yes, like, I want to give you so many pictures so you don't ever forget Forget me. me. I don't know how he would forget her. I know. Very memorable lady, Miss, Miss Patricia, she was. <laughs> so we discovered this letter, the details, and a photo featured in the Washington Post, article titled dearest sweetheart exploring the intensity and emotion of love letters from wartime this next letter is still from world war ii and it's written by sergeant nathan hoffman but before we read the letter let's go ahead and give you some background in october 1944 hoffman met evelyn ginger days before he left to europe with the 12th army division the two continued to keep in contact writing thousands of pages to one another hoffman returned home in 1946 and evelyn was waiting in waco texas for him and the two married shortly after. The last letter Hoffman wrote to Evelyn was, this is the last day of the last month of the year, and this should be the last letter that I shall write to you. So long, honey, and pucker up, cause here I come. I think, honestly, I think this one has to be my favorite just because it's so short and lighthearted and you just know like it has a happy ending. I think that's why this one's my favorite yeah, for sure. No, it, it does have a happy ending. And I think it is really cute and it's just, very simple, but it's straight to the point, and it's like, you can just tell he's so excited. He's like, baby, I'm yeah. coming. 
yeah he's like fuck her up I'm like here I come I'm on my way I love it yeah I, I, know. I can only imagine how he felt too like it's at the very end of World War II he's just so excited to get home at this time like his girlfriend partner like they're Mm -hmm. not married yet but they've been talking for so long i can only imagine like how she felt too waiting for him for two Mm -hmm. years so now we're on to the korean war and the time frame of this letter was between november and december 1952 this letter was written by private first class al puntaseca we don't really know who he was writing this to but i think it was to his family so he says i'm coming home It's official as of this morning. That little house is going to look like a palace to me. Is it true some people eat three times a day or more and they sit sit on a chair by a table? What's the matter? Can't they dig a hole in the backyard like everybody else? There were times I would have traded my soul for a drink of cold water or a cup of hot coffee. But I'm coming home now. Chuck isn't. He's listed MIA, missing in action. If he's on this side of the line, I hope he makes it. If he's on the other side, I hope he's dead. He'd wish the same for me. I'm going to tell you now. You need a lot of patience with me. Patience and understanding. We all will. This one is crazy. Like finding it, reading it. I'm just like, I just go through so many emotions reading that. For me, I just feel like you could really tell that he's like, well, to some people, like the things that he's listing at the beginning, like people eat three times a day or more. And like they sit on a chair by a table to eat their food. Like you can tell like those things are such big things to him. And for other people that can just be like the smallest of things like oh really yeah like eating at a table like you think that's a big deal he's so eager to come home and then like him talking about his friend and I just think we as we know now looking back on like the Korean War Vietnam War that was such a bad time frame Mm -hmm. really really bad time frame and you can really tell in the way he's communicating he's just like my friend's not we don't know where he is and I'm hoping if he's on enemy line he's dead because you don't want to be there because I think that's a lot of prisoners of war. That was the bad time frame was really bad, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I agree. But like at this time, like obviously like mental health and things like that weren't such like relevant ideas and things. And so like him mm-hmm. just saying like, you'll need a lot of patience with me, patience and understanding. Like I feel like that's all he was able to maybe like put into words, like please just like be patient with like all the things that I've I've gone through. Like I'm going to need a lot of, a t- lot of time to adjust. Like even here, you can already tell like he's still like trying to, Put the pieces together and he's still not even home yet so i just oh yeah, i know i really liked that one. at least he's, he was like good he was like trying to communicate the best he could and i think that was so yeah. healthy especially at that time period because you're right yes. no one really did accept ptsd mm-hmm. did think he had a little happy ending after returning home from korea he married and he started a family work started working for a family business so i think mm-hmm. Everything worked out for Al, fortunately. If you were interested in reading these letters, you can find these and so many others on pbs.org. And this goes for the, the one that we just read, as well as Sergeant Nathan Hoffman's letter. On to the next war, which is the Vietnam War taking place in 1967. This is a heartwarming love story that unfolded during the hectic times of the Vietnam War. Bill Young's journey began when he first laid eyes on the love of his life in 1967. Picture this, an old French fort on a Vietnamese mountaintop, and there she was in a photograph. Nancy, from Newburgh, Indiana, standing in the snow with a bikini, a beach ball, and a jumping dog. (laughs) Bill recalls seeing this captivating image while chatting with a Marine named Dawn. Bill, intrigued, asked Dawn if there was another Indiana girl he could exchange letters with. 
That's when fate stepped in and Bill was set up to correspond with Nancy's friend, Debbie. But to Bill's surprise, the first letter he received wasn't from Debbie, but from Nancy herself. She humor humorously wrote, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but Debbie was asked to go study last week. Hope you don't mind me writing. I thought the only privilege better than writing one, mar one Marine would be to write two Marines. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know. Their correspondence, which began in May 1967, initially wasn't romantic, but as the months passed, Bill and Nancy's connection deepened. The pair exchanged letters consistently for the next six months, creating a long-lasting bond. In a letter from Nancy in August 1967, she wrote, Some people say that it's impossible to know and love someone when I know them only through letters. I don't agree at all. You know me much better than anybody I have ever dated. Bill and Nancy tied the knot in December 1968, just two days before Bill's discharge from the Marines. It's like a fabulous story, like not planned at all. And it just like fell in his lap. I'm like, okay, yeah. Nancy, you were a little greedy. You were a little greedy there with your two Marines, but it worked out. I know. I feel like that's such a romantic story and it should be a movie. Like you're just hanging out, you're in Vietnam, Vietnam War, and then all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. looking down and you see your friends, the girl your friend's talking to. And you're just, like, amazed. And then yeah. you end up becoming a thing. Like, what? I know. And I just love the, like, the last part where it's, like, some people say that it's impossible to know and love someone only through letters. And she was like, I don't agree. Oh, love that. <laughs> we did find this love letter in story in AARP in an article called Then and Now, How Marine in Vietnam Wooed Sweetheart Back Home. And it brings us this really beautiful narrative. So I'm so lucky I found it. Yes, that one was a good one. Now we're going to go like 30, 30, 35 years to the future. And now we're in the Iraq war. So this is around 2003 time frame. And what was this letter about, Juliana? Well, this letter was featured on Good Morning America from Army Private First Class Fabio Melendez Jr., and he was part of the Patriot unit stationed at Fort Bliss, Texas. And he wrote this heartfelt message addressed to his wife. Dear babe, my journey back home is about to begin. The war would have been halfway over by the time you get this letter. I love you and miss you. If anything happens to me, remember I'll always love you. I'll always be with you. Tell everybody back home thank you for the letters and for the prayers. I'll see them soon. Tell my parents they have raised a proud American son. Tell my sister to achieve her goals for I have fought for them. Pray for those soldiers who have lost their lives for our freedom and pray for those who continue to fight to make the world a better place. I love that he's kind of thanking everyone who supported him through his journey. And it wasn't just like to his wife. He was also like saying like, tell my parents, thank you. You know, tell my sister to achieve all of her goals. I like how he said, because I yeah. fought for them. I thought that was cute. I was like, oh. If you're interested in reading more about this letter, you can find more information on ABC News article from Battle Soldiers Sent War Letters Home. So the last letter we're going to share is from May 23rd, 2016. And it's from a girl to her boyfriend. And she writes, hello, my love. No matter the distance, no matter the amount of days that go by without hearing your voice, I am not leaving. I have so much respect for you, serving your country, running on an hour of sleep, having no free time to do anything you want. You are a superhero. You deserve to have someone here waiting for you to love through all the chaos and craziness. You are endearing. You are my superhero. And I will never leave. Some people only experience superheroes in books. And how lucky am I to get to call the love of my life mine. XOXO, your girlfriend. 
Okay, this one actually, like, my eyes are, like, actually tearing up because of this one. Like, I don't know oh. what it is. Like, I don't know. This was just, like, a really good one to, like, share. And To be the last one to share. Yeah, to yes. end with. I think this one was really beautiful. And, again, we just want to make sure we've mentioned this. This was just a few sentences pulled out of the full letter. So if you are interested in reading the full letter, visit A Letter to My Boyfriend in the Military on Odyssey. That wraps up all of the love letters we wanted to share. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it's so crazy reading the one from 1860 and then reading the one to 2016 and just seeing the difference in how people chalked and like the words they used and like the emotion and like actually not even that what was going on at their war like what what mm -hmm. was going on in their time no I totally agree with that I just think I mean obviously like the language changed drastically from you know the civil war to modern day but really like the whole message through all of those love letters like it still stayed the same till this day you know mm -hmm. what I mean like still like I am here to support you no matter what like if you're gone, like, that's okay. Like, miles away, like, we're still keeping right. in contact. My love for you is not going to die just because I can't see you every day. I understand what you're going through is so challenging, is very hard, and something that, you know, they might not be able to understand, but I did really I like this whole segment. It was amazing. It was the love for one another, but also the love for country. All in all, I think it was amazing reading each and every letter. What was your favorite letter if you had to pick one? Mm, that's a good question. I think if I had to pick one of my favorite letters, no, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to pick. It's really hard. I think I would have to go with the one from Sergeant Nathan Hoffman. I've always liked that one. I don't know. I think it's just like... For, for me, that one was just like kind of very full circle because he was like, it's the last day of the month, last day of the year. Everything is the last. This is the last letter I'm going to send you. Here I come. I just, yeah. Oh my God, you're sure right. It was like last, last, last. Like everything was just working out. Like this is the last time I'm going to send you this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm getting out. Like I'm going to be there. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Everything about it. It was like it, the like... stars aligned for sure. Like in that, well, for him at no, least. I the stars agree. aligned for him in that moment. But what about you? What was your favorite? I think mine was the one during the Vietnam War with Nancy and Bill. I just think how that <laughs> fell into place was very beautiful as well. Thank you for joining us on this heartfelt journey through wartime love letters. We'd love to hear which letter resonated most with you. So drop us a comment and keep spreading the love. As we wrap up this episode, we hope you enjoyed diving into today's topic. Remember, if you ever miss an episode or want to catch up, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and family. See you next Wednesday. Bye.